Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we hear from Christy. Christy and I have been working together for technically four years, but for the last two, we've been tracking along with monthly case study updates. So I, I coached her. She went through my course. Uh, we continued coaching through the two years here, and she's grown her website into basically an asset worth close to half a million dollars. So we kind of dive into some of those details in the interview here. But essentially, this is the December 2022 update and sort of the end of year update. We are going to shift things. We're actually going to be just doing quarterly updates for 2023. Um, A lot of the Coaching has kind of been minimal in certain areas, and she's just been trucking along. We get into details of her site, uh, how much content she has, how much she did in 2022, things that didn't go well, things that did go well, all those kind of details. We also talk about her plans for 2023. So pretty cool stuff, and she even mentions the exact budget that she set aside for investment and expenses this year. Before we send it to the episode here, my course multi-profit site, the one that Christy took, is open for enrollment. It's open just for a couple more days here, depending on when you listen to this episode. So closes on January 27th, 2023. And if uh, you happen to listen to this in the future, when the course is closed, shoot me an email, Doug at nichesiteproject.com. We could figure out your situation, see if it's a good fit and go from there. So this is awesome getting these updates from Christy. If you have any questions for her, leave a comment over on YouTube, or you can shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. That's right. I do have two emails, but it'll help me route them properly. But if you have any questions for Christy that you want me to cover next time, just let me know. Again, we're doing quarterly updates moving forward here, and let's go to the interview now. Christy, how's it going today? Hey, it's going great. How are you? Doing really well, and we were uh, chatting for a little while before recording, and then I was like, we just got to start recording. So uh, it's hot right now, ChatGPT, everyone has, uh, you know, real excitement about it. Even me, who resisted for so long, and uh, sadly, we can look back at some of the live streams I did the week that it came out, and I was like, I don't know, it's probably going to suck. And uh, I'm excited about it. We've been going back and forth, and it just took me a little while to figure out what to do. So we we were talking about using ChatGPT, Christy, you know, catch us up so people can enjoy what we were about to talk about. So you you were writing a blog post, working on an intro. Tell us there. Yes. So I, like you, was a little bit worried when I first heard about it and everyone's talking about it. And I was like, oh, so they're not going to need writers anymore (laughs) in the world. And I make a living that way. So that's not great. Um, So I was a little reluctant to try it as well, just because I didn't want to be like, yep, it's as good as my stuff. So I have just been dabbling a little bit, using it for things like intros to blogs, just to give me ideas and kind of get the ball rolling instead of a blank piece of paper. And it had some really funny little nuggets that I won't say because it would reveal my niche, but um, it did remind me that yes, we do still need writers, that's for sure. And you can't just upload a hundred keywords and get a hundred articles and post them tomorrow. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but then the other thing I was going to just say was I've started to use some of the AI tools for images as well. So like I use Canva a lot for blog post images, graphics, and (laughs) it has a new AI tool that ruled out world out where it was like, you can make any image in your imagination. And I was like, say more. Okay. (laughs) So I asked it for a very simple, like I was working on a brand and I was like, make me an image of an African-American girl in a white t-shirt thinking like, okay, then I can put my logo on it. Right. as like a little mock-up. No, it made me like (laughs) a black background with a white girl in a white t-shirt with a picture of a white girl in a white (laughs) t-shirt on the t-shirt. And the hands of this woman were like, were like crustacean claws. And her face was like Voldemort and Harry Potter. I was just like, I, 
what? This is of nightmares. This so good. it just reminded me that the tools still have a way to go, uh, but they do have some use cases that are good. Making an outline, making a job description, that kind of stuff can save you some time. But um, not going to be asking you for images anytime soon. Yeah, and I, I, um, I was going to say you gave away some of the things that I have been playing <laughs> with. So if people do want to check that out, I have like a set of AI resources. I'll put a link to that. It's free. It is behind like a course platform. So I can kind of control all that stuff. But um, I've been testing it out for like project management type ideas, not like give me a full blog post. But to do very specific things for like productivity, project management, and otherwise. So anyway, I'm glad that you mentioned it because you can do some cool stuff. But when I've played with the images, so I I, um, I was like, uh, show me like a border collie <laughs> with a very, like chasing a very small elephant, right? <laughs> So, because yep. it knows what I've seen pictures of an elephant, right? And right. like I've seen pictures of the border collie, and it it kind of it goofed it up. So the tools that I w- was using, like it had um, a border collie and no elephant, and then one was like <laughs> an elephant that had like some looks and coloring of a border collie. Oh, no. One of them was like a huge elephant. Uh, like a normal size elephant, I guess, uh, with a, with a tail of a border collie, and then another one. I, I don't know. It was like a a dog with two tails or something. Like it just it didn't quite work out. Um, it was cl- it was like in the right ballpark, but it was like yeah. if you described yeah. a border collie to someone who never saw one and didn't know what a dog was, and right. They, yeah, it's like you're like trying that. to get an alien to draw you a picture of an elephant and they've never seen one. You're just like right. that. No, that's not quite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that said, the chat GPT, uh, one great thing that I have noticed is uh, because it can remember the conversation, mm-hmm. you can say you messed up on that part. Can mm-hmm. you give it another shot and keep this in mind? Right. Yep. So I wonder when the image creation will get there and maybe, right. maybe you just have to iterate a little bit more um and, and make it generate like 10 images to choose from right. where maybe right. one exactly. of them works mm-hmm. out so and i think it'll be a little bit easier like it was able to give me one that was usable for like give me a yellow audio speaker right because i just like couldn't find a free one and i wanted to slap a logo on it so it was like okay that i can do it's like right. you did great but this woman is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've heard that with um, like with faces, it has a really oh my tough gosh. time. Oh, it's so, you know, and I'm just like, but you've seen faces. The whole point is that you input data of what you've yeah. seen and you've seen a lot of faces. There's endless faces. That, that it's very strange. To. So, okay. So we'll, we'll move on. Uh, generally you don't use um, any AI writing tools for Correct. your content, right? Yep, correct. Okay, so we can move on, move on from there. Give us a quick summary of your site for uh, December and the year uh, in general. Mm-hmm. You can hit the high points of like revenue and traffic. Sure. So for December, um, like you said at the very beginning, like November was great. It was over 12,000 for the first time ever. Um, December last year had like dipped a little bit. So like November was the big month, but this year, um, it stayed high. So December was at 12,444. And then if you add in, like you said, the other writing retainer that I have, that's related, um, that puts us at like just shy of 16,000 for the month, which is insane. Very exciting. It put uh, 2023 at around 90,000 for the site itself, and then 42,000 for the writing contract. So that is 130-ish for the year, which is a legit full-time salary, side note. Um, And then lifetime, the site crossed over 212,000. And with the other writing contract too, it was at about 250. So that's kind of where we're at historically and for December. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for helping me start this thing. It's like a real thing now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 
I did some quick math and, you know, this is probably a, a generous valuation, but it's probably worth, you know, half a million dollars or something like that. Wild. Yeah. Wild. And that could, you know, give or take, uh, you know, 75 K or something like that, but it's worth about, you know, half a million bucks, uh, especially, you know, there are companies out there, there are brands and those are the people or the entities that would probably value it the most where mm-hmm. like a strategic acquisi- acquisition would make sense right. and they like have money to buy right. a big website and then they can turn it into, even if they pay mm-hmm. like way more than an individual, they would potentially get a much bigger ROI from it. Right. Right. Well, so we- and I'll, you know, just say on that note, you know, I have another job, obviously we've talked about that in the past. People care about that, but it's like a services based business. And like, I've gone down the road of considering selling it just because I kind of don't care anymore. Um, but it is so much work to sell a services business because you have to prove it runs without you. You have to diversify the clients. You get like all these hoops that I was eventually just like, screw it. I don't care that much. Um, but it's very different than having a site like this that you build that has like inherent value and you could legit just sell it, which is really nice. So right. side note, happy to build one of those probably wouldn't do the services biz again. Yeah. And I, I just interviewed uh, my friend, John Gillum, who sold a services uh-huh. business. And did you listen to that episode by chance? I saw, yeah, I saw part of it. Okay. So the other thing is, you know, probably at the level of valuation for your other business, the due diligence mm-hmm. would take a pretty long time. And he explained yep. some specific accounting things that, you know, would need to be done. And if you, you know, plan ahead, if you know you're going to sell it, mm-hmm. you can have everything like buttoned up, ready to go. Yep. But if you don't, it could take some months and, uh, you know, accountants mm-hmm. working on your, on your uh, business to track expenses all the way through. And you, basically they just verify the earnings. Sure. And yeah, he said it, it took quite a while to go through it and it was a, a bit painful, especially at the level of, right. of your business. So, well, and it's just, you know, if the reason you were considering selling it was because you don't really want to put in that much work anymore, that looks like a lot of work to get rid of it. So you're just kind of like, eh, yeah, it's fine. I'll just keep it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay. The site doing well. And, and, and one other thing to point out, we have a blog post that tracks the earnings all the way from uh, October of 2018. And you can see uh, generally good growth. Uh, quick note for December of 2021, you mentioned last year, it didn't do as mm-hmm. well in December as November. Mm-hmm. There were a couple reasons. Uh, one of them, I think you uh, were selling a digital product, so you actually got mm-hmm. a little bump of revenue in November. But I think your site has only been minorly affected by any of the algorithm updates in the past four and a half years or so. And one of them was December of 2021. It wasn't you know, a huge thing, but I think it was enough to impact your earnings where you know maybe you would have crossed 10K if everything remained equal, but right. your traffic, you know, I think it was kind of static during that time. Agreed. Yep. So, And I think, you know, from the end of last year through even the beginning of this year, um, I did, it did just feel like it sort of plateaued and it was going to just sit around where it was sitting. Like I couldn't really get more traffic, couldn't really get more earnings. Like it was just kind of like blah. Um, so I think, you know, just giving it a couple of months to get like new content to be really kind of churning that, picked it up again, and now it seems to have a bit of its mojo back. Awesome. Well, let's move on to the three areas that you were focusing on and look at them from a, over the entire course of the year. So you were planning on publishing new content, and you had a pretty big target at the beginning. So can you tell us that and then how it shifted over the year and what you ended up doing uh, by December? Sure. My original goal was to basically double the size of the site. So I was going to try to publish 400 articles by the end of June of 2022, which seemed at the time that I said it sort of fine. 
maybe a large goal, but it's fine. Fine. Uh, turned out not to be, that's not, that's, was just never going to happen. Um, it took way longer to like get all the writers up and running to hire a content manager to get all the processes down. I still have to edit and look at everything, add all the links to all the things. So that was never going to happen. So trashed that goal, uh, mid year and just kind of continued on with the level of work I wanted to be doing since it is my business and technically that's what I'm supposed to do. So I ended up for the year at 232, which is still a lot, right? That's another 50% over what I had before. Um, so I was pretty happy with that. And now that I've seen how the new content's going, like we have the team in place, they're just going to keep turning away next year at a slightly slower pace because I'm going to put more, um, effort into improving existing content, which we can talk about, but like the machine is built, it runs, someone else runs the machine and it can just keep churning. So that's kind of where that's going. All right. Perfect. So yeah, at the end of the day, you publish, you know, 200 and I think 36 articles mm -hmm. as I'm looking at the blog post here. And that's a lot. I mean, that's still a lot. It's a lot. And especially when you you know, you have a content manager, you have writers who are like qualified yep. within the niche. So like, that's, uh, that's a big deal, I think. Now, can you talk about when you publish these? And what I'm getting at is like, do some of these articles still need to age or some of them pretty fresh? Like you just published them in the mm -hmm. last few weeks? Yep. So it's really just a kind of evergreen channel now of content. So every couple of weeks, probably another handful of posts go live. So it's just continuing to kind of drip out there. And uh, we started publishing, I think in March. So that's like the oldest ones of the new content for this year would be March. And then um, I would say maybe 10, 10 posts a month is probably what I'm putting out now. Okay. Got Ish. it. Mm -hmm. How long does it take for those to rank? Like after you publish them? I mean, it varies. A lot of what I'm doing is still like the long tail keyword stuff. So I'm not going after like, it's not like 200 articles about super in depth, you know, really hard to rank for stuff. I'm still going after like low hanging fruit because why not? So a lot of them rank pretty quickly. Like I could go out the next couple of days and see one of them, you know, on page one, which is great. Uh, some of them do take longer, but I'm still happy just to get anything in like top 20 and then work its way up. So I do feel like the keywords I'm choosing are good. They're getting me where I want to get. Um, definitely doing a lot more info content than buyer's intent for this year. So that was another piece of just kind of like building up the ad machine instead of the Amazon machine. And that's gone pretty well. Ads are like really consistent, really. It's almost 50-50 every month between ads and Amazon, except for the last couple of months. But that's just Q4 traffic. So, A lot of people have been talking about ad revenue going down with the recession and companies tightening their belts. Have you seen much of an impact there? No. <laughs> okay. Nope. Um, it had its highest month in November. Like ads crossed 5K alone, which I mean, back in... March of 20, or let's see. Yeah. March of 2022, I made 5k for the site period. So, um, having just 5k in ads come November seemed pretty good to me. You're all right with that. I'm all right with that. And just to confirm, like to go deeper. So like the, the earnings per thousand visitors have been relatively the same. Yeah. Okay. I mean, higher than last year, higher than first half of this year. And that, that was the next question. So mm -hmm. like, and then where does it compare seasonally compared to last mm -hmm. year? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I have no complaints. <laughs> no complaints about ads, but I love Mediavine. So I could just be crushing on my, my little right. network. So. Okay. Gotcha. As I'm wearing an Ezoic hat, you know, shout out to Ezoic. <laughs> but, so. Ezoic doesn't sponsor me. If they did, I'd no, shout them out too. That's true. Yeah. I got this sweet hat. So, mm -hmm. all right. And so publish content ranks pretty quick. You are still going after low competition keywords. Yeah, now. mostly. Mm -hmm. 
are you going to shift? Because, right, the site's been around for a while. Like, you probably mm-hmm. have some higher search volume terms that you're ranking for. Have yep. you thought about, like, pushing hard on those and, you know, promoting them, link building, like, asking for favors from the network that you have? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I anticipate... Um, more of like the outreach kind of manual outreach aspect being a factor in 23. And that would be part of it. Like the link building, um, you know, getting featured on some other sites, maybe turning some of my, you know, data that I've actually created into something that people want to use on their sites. Um, so that would be a factor for sure. Also, I'm about to do a second batch of, keywords that I would want to look at for this year. And so when I go through that, I probably will pick out more high traffic. um, Yeah, just more high traffic options than I normally would and go after some of the things that other people have on page one that are, you know, direct competitors of mine, which normally I wouldn't do. So I do anticipate just kind of shifting the type of keywords I would go after this year. Since we're going to go after less, I would like some of them to be bigger. Okay. And have you seen more competitors like pop up in the last few years or do you pay attention or anything? I mean, sometimes I do. Um, I would say generally there haven't been any that have been very impressive. So a lot of them look like what they are, which is somebody trying to make a quick buck that maybe doesn't really care about the niche. Mm-hmm. That I don't worry about quite so much. It doesn't mean they can't rank. They rank all the time. They outrank me for a bunch of stuff. But as far as like building something that is long-term valuable, not that concerned about it. Some of the other big players have different, you know, earnings models than I do. They're way less affiliate. Um, They're way more like direct sponsorships, which is just like too manual for me to want to get into. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have a media guide and that's fine and we'll do some outreach and stuff, but I'm not going to be like managing people's ad placements. That's not going to be part of my life. So I don't want to go that way. You have, uh, I think, 703 pieces of content right now. And it it is a lot, but over Mm -hmm. the course of uh, four and a half years and the fact that you publish like 230 some odd pieces this year, like, you know, if you space that out, it's not as overwhelming. Right. So improving the existing content is going to be, you know, more important as you move forward. You already spent time on that. So can you talk the same deal about your goals Mm -hmm. in 2022 and then how it worked out? Sure. So the thing that went well in 2022 was updating a hundred posts with new FAQs. So that was pretty easy. I could assign them in big batches. I could pretty quickly put them in myself. And so that went well. Uh, What didn't go well was assigning a writer to own the content updates as it turned out. So we picked a writer that we'd actually worked with for half a year, who was great, probably like our, our best new content writer. And it was like a real dismal failure, um, <laughs> which was unexpected. But basically, like, you know, I had like a whole spreadsheet process laid out of like, here's every step of what updating content means, you know, like check off these things, add more links to these things, add more, you know, refresh the intro, etc. add 250 words. I was like pretty granular about it. And we would get things that said it was updated and the word count start to finish was like five words different, you know? And I'm just like, I don't think you're getting this. This doesn't feel like you're getting this or like add more products and the products would be really strange. (laughs) Like, Hmm. like just clearly not, not getting it, which I just didn't anticipate. So we tried a couple of times like clarifying and, resetting the expectations and doing examples. And it was eventually just like, okay, no, like this isn't the person for this. I don't think it's that complicated. And our can't, you know, my content manager was like, I just did one. It took me 45 minutes. Here's how it went. I was like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it should be. Okay. So we've switched writers now and we're bringing on someone else to start fresh in January. Okay. Gotcha. And I was going to say, 
It sounds like a resource problem, not a process problem. Correct. Yeah. Process is great. It's totally fine. So as a a manager, how do you, how did you try and coach that? And then how long, like how many chances Mm -hmm. did you give before you were like, it's this person's problem, not not the process? So, you know, I think I would have given less chances if it had been someone completely fresh that we'd never worked with, you know, then it was like, well, maybe we need to be clearer about this. But because it was a writer that did really well for like six months and said she was really excited to do it, I was a little less lenient, I guess. Mm -hmm. Just being like, no, this isn't, this isn't hard, actually. Like we, we laid everything out. This isn't really very hard. So probably two different times my content manager was like, I don't think this is working. I'm going to have a call with her and, you know, just chat through it again. And I was like, that's fine. But also if you don't want to, that's fine. And we can just pivot. Like it's, it's not a problem. So she did it like twice. And then by the time we got into like beginning of December, she was just like, I don't think it's getting any better. Should I keep trying? At which point I was just like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Like we've, okay. we, I've never been given that many chances to do my job. So I think we'll just yeah do something different. Yeah. And it's tough with uh, freelancers, you know, maybe she got, an, you know, another gig that was like, she treated as a higher priority or something. No, wouldn't it be crazy if she could have like communicated that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Let's all be adults. Just yeah. throwing it out there. Okay. So you're going to give it another shot with another writer? Yep. Okay. Yep. That is the goal. I'm hoping she can do like at least 10 a month or something. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll just see. But I'm kind of not going to set an artificial goal at the moment until I see if we have someone that can actually do the job. Okay. And one, so, you know, we were talking chappy chat GPT at mm-hmm. the beginning. And that is like one of the things that I think chat GPT can do at least a piece of it. So like what are frequently asked questions about X and then what are the answers? And since your, your writers have knowledge in the content area, then they should be able to sniff it out. Like this is correct. This is not correct or, you know, more research. So probably can save a lot of time if it's somewhat automated, because I mean, the thing is the information might not be, much more accurate than if they, you know, were to go and look it up via Correct. Google, yep. but then they don't have to click the mouse like 60 times to like check the results yeah, and read it and consume it. They could just quickly see like, this is 50% there and I can add two more sentences and we're good exactly. to go. So what do you think about you? I know you've done some videos on this lately, but as far as like Google detecting AI content, you know, is that going to be kind of like the new red flag for affiliate sites? You know, because obviously a lot of people really just want to churn out new content as fast as possible. And I'm a little more weary about that, you know. I I, I always hate to try to predict the future, but I'll do it here. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I, uh, I, I mean, I think, you know, Google has been kind of vague, but if you read between the lines and take the subtext, like they don't want automated content Mm -hmm. to be published, even though I I think they're like, you know, they're looking at our sites. They're doing it. Yeah. yeah, They're they're taking the results and they're like, here's the answer to this question. Like you just copied it from fucking somewhere else, (laughs) but they don't want other people doing it. Sure. Yeah. I think it could be an issue, right? I think Google could have a hard time like differentiating not AI. I think they probably have that pretty much figured out. Like I suspect Mm -hmm. like they could tell if it's something's AI or Mm -hmm. not. Um, But whether it's valuable or not. So there are websites that, you know, generally I I think people call it programmatic SEO where, you know, they're maybe it's a directory, right? Maybe all the data Mm -hmm. is available on some database and then they're putting it together. It's not like uniquely written, but it's, you know, a directory with thousands. Like an aggregator. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Google probably, you know, wants to provide solutions to problems, answers to questions. So that's probably the general goal. 
at the same time, like they don't want people to use automated content, but just because it's automated doesn't mean it's not valuable in some way. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some argument. I think there's probably like some competitive issues as well, where like Google's like, oh, this AI technology is very good. There's a yeah. lot of big players behind it and it could change their business model or at least like cut into it. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, I think there could be a bit of an issue, but I think it's more like the content if people use AI content too much, it'll be really derivative of other content. Mm -hmm. right. and it's not really adding much value. So like that becomes an issue and you know, you're into your, your niche, you, you're part of it, like you're part of the community. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it, it'll be like other stuff that we can add where maybe you could take a bunch of like unique pictures that makes it, um, you know, more engaging to a visitor anyway, even if mm -hmm. some of the content isn't, um, you know, originally written, sure. uh, e even just portions. So quick, uh, example, I did a video recently on how bloggers can use chat GPT pandering to the algorithm. I'm just, yep. <laughs> just giving Good it a you. shot. Yeah. Good for you. And I created an outline, did the video, and then YouTube automatically creates a transcript. It's not perfect, but it's pretty close. So I, I published the video. It's fine. I thought, well, I'm just going to take the transcript from YouTube. Oh, I see where you're going now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, which <laughs> it's my words, right? I said I know, them. I, know. I said them. Um, I just love the story already. Put them into chat GPT. Hey, turn this into a blog post. So it's already enumerated. Like I planned it a little bit. So mm -hmm. it came up with a 500 word blog post of the content that I already created. And I didn't have to like go through and like right. e even edit it or space it out or any anything like that. One or two of the points weren't spot on. So I just needed to make a little clarification, but it took me like two minutes to do that. And yeah. I got a 500 word That's blog post. It was AI generated based on my own words. Now, right. I went to an AI detector called originality.ai and it said, yeah, like 99% or 100% AI. The Interesting. Huh. weird thing, right? I took the original transcript, put it into the same tool, right? My uh -huh. words. And it said it was, I think it was 37% human written and 60. Wow. Whatever. So 63%. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, the tools aren't perfect. And I interviewed uh, John Gillum, one of the founders of that company. And, you know, they, they train it. The tools will get better to detect it. But I think he said it's 94% no, accurate. Yeah. You're like 36% robot is what they said. That was my conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's which honestly tracks with what I've always thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It it adds up. So so the point the point is like you can use the tools in interesting ways. And I I was like, I, I want to see if it ranks, right? So that's the next video. Right. Um, I published it right away. It's not indexed yet, but then I could say, like, oh, I I used AI content. It ranked. It's fairly specific, but it's like a pretty competitive sure. thing uh, with ChatGPT. So that remains to be seen. So I'll, I'll tune back. I mean, the video is already ranking. Like if you Google it, like that ranks. It's not super specific. It's like ChatGPT for bloggers, right? So the, are the, you going to put this video in and tell me how much percent robot I am? <laughs> we'll need to get a cleaner test because I, I talk clean, too much. Oh, on this. cleaner test. Okay, all right. Yeah, we'll. I'm we'll, just thinking like below or above fifty percent. Like I think above. Question. Yeah. You think above? Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, that's not wrong. Um. Yeah. So, what, what, what do you think? <laughs> Please note in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you? <laughs> How think? much robot do you think Doug and I are? <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess like my thought is always um, kind of like protect the integrity of the site so that long term I can avoid a lot of the pitfalls. So like when I was just starting out, like I would do all the the research and reading, you know, on like your case studies or I'd watch all the videos and I just see people whose like sites just plummeted like 
you know, either they try to do crazy backlinking or they tried to do, you know, really weird content or whatever, just like all the shortcuts. And it usually didn't work out very well. So my plan has always been like, just build a really like authentic, actual content site. Don't rock the boat too much. Yeah. I may not make as much as fast as some people, but I'm not trying to like make money for two years and then blow it up. Right. I'm trying to like build a site that funds my life for 30 years. So yeah, I guess I'm just a little bit more cautious about doing anything that might be called a red flag by Google later. So I would dabble. I would do some of the more processed stuff. Like you're saying, like maybe it's good for me to do outlines with it. Um, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to just chuck a bunch of keywords in there and then publish stuff. That's mm-hmm. not, not in the cards for me. The other part, which I've, I've said in other episodes, but like, you know, context is slightly different, but let's say everyone starts using the AI tools mm-hmm. and they, they do a good job. Let's say it writes content mm-hmm. as good as what you could write yourself. Mm-hmm. And then cost of entry is pretty low. Everyone mm-hmm. can do it. All of a sudden, the bar that you have to cross as a creator is higher. So like yeah. if if the new minimum quality level is, you know, higher than it was before and everyone can get to it pretty easily and cheaply, then there'll have to be some other way to differentiate and right. that'll I mean, you know, we're kind of in a maybe formative time where mm-hmm. we don't know how it's going to shape out, people don't know how to use the tools quite right. Um people are probably going to come up with different ways. Like, you know, we were talking about, you know, I'm, I'm thinking not how can I write content, but how can I use the tool as an aid to save time in other areas or make higher quality products. So, you know, people will take ideas from different spaces and then bring it over and that'll, that'll be the difference. Right. So maybe people, people are like doing video along with it mm-hmm. or they're taking pictures or what, whatever it might be. I don't know how it'll shape out, but if the, if the new minimum is much higher, then there'll have to be some other difference. And we don't know what that is. See, but I hear you say that. And all I hear is then a bunch of people are going to drop out and that's great for me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the, the different business models, I think they're kind of mm-hmm. cyclical. I don't know what it lines up with, but like affiliate marketing is huge for a while right. and then some stuff happens and it shifts. Probably the or, pole of the moon or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mars mm-hmm. retrograde. I don't Mars know. Mars doing yeah. the retrograde. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. okay, cool. So, anything else on AI in the, right now? Anything space? No. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I was just kind of curious if we were on the same page. It's funny that we've been doing some of the same things with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we mm-hmm. haven't talked like we, we missed last people. month. Yeah. yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting, and I think people will come up with like newer ways to do it. Sure. And I've mm-hmm. seen um, as I'm learning and, and watching videos and and stuff on using AI, people are being specific, which is what I'll end up doing too. Where it's like chat gpt for podcasters or chat gpt right, for youtubers exactly. and then you could really like cater to the audience versus you know general mm-hmm. usage isn't as interesting because it's like you know people are just you know uh i hear a lot of people talking about writing like a, a hallmark movie script you know <laughs> which seems yes, fun i read yeah. that yeah. yes i Someone told me I did laugh. I did laugh. Okay. And the thing Mm -hmm. is, like, we actually, I'm a fan of those movies, by the way. Yeah. Uh, My mom loved them. So we watched a handful together and then I got into it. And then I think we probably watched like 15 this holiday season. (laughs) Yeah. But we had a pretty good idea. We think it was a good idea for the, for one of those movies. And we were going to write a script. But I see, like, we, we even had, like, scenes outlined, like, yeah. a handful of them and some plot line that follows along with the, you know, silly plot lines of those movies. Sure. Um, we just need the scenes written out, some dialogue, right. um, some other stuff. So I may actually check it out because we we have a pretty decent idea. And then it could really build out the characters and right. improve my... <laughs> dialogue (laughs) i just started reading some line in the one that i was forwarded about like 
<laughs> this woman and her husband who died in every war. <laughs> okay. You know, it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, bless. Yeah. We got to clean that up. Yeah. We're I want it to be high quality. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'll bring the same same kind of quality to that yes. script. I mean, honestly, the Hallmark bar is kind of low, so it doesn't have to be that high quality. Whoa, you just got to add, I'm just saying Shots you got to add some snowflakes and some soft lighting and you're good. Have you seen the SNL spoof on it? No. It's pretty, I'll, oh, I'll no. send it to you later, okay, but they me. had, um, they had, uh, it, it was great. They just make fun of like the concept of the movies and how, oh, yeah. Yeah, I won't spoil anything, but it's pretty good. All right. There was another line about his hands are briefcases because like whoever the guy is that comes in is always like from the big city. It's just like his hands are briefcases. Oh, yeah. So yeah, good. that's a strong plot line. It is. It is. Small town, big city guy yeah. or vice versa. Big city girl, small town, doesn't matter. I was going to say I'm partial to those. You know, she's You're, coming yeah. to take over the... The small business, buy it. Sweet Home Alabama, that vibe, sure. Hmm? Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's let's get back on track here. Any other, you know, big areas of work related to content this year? Um, I would say the only thing that's kind of an open question as I go into making my plan for twenty three would be making the email list actually valuable. So I've done, a, I think, a pretty good job growing it. So it's up around 7,000 subscribers now, which feels like a lot. Mm -hmm. But as we've said, like they don't appear to be purchasing people, purchasing types of people, which could be because the lead magnet I have is about saving money and budgeting, and that's maybe what those people are interested in. So going into the year, I'm just kind of like, what do I do with these 7,000 people? Mm -hmm. Right. Like I know it's good to like value the site and that's an important factor for that, but I'm not making money off of my email list okay. at all. So that's just an open question. I don't need the answer to that now, but yeah. that's something for the year where I'm just kind of like, you know what? 7,000 is a lot. So how do I start monetizing that? If the people on it don't want to be monetized. And your open rate's quite high, right? I think so. I forget what it is. Don't ask it's me. It's like forty right something, I think. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I mean that that is a sizable list in 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 the I mean, I'm in the marketing space. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a list that size, like you can you can push stuff, especially with the open rate and the trust level that mm -hmm. you have, like you could really push stuff. But yeah, if it's based on, you know, I think I made the example before in the frugality space, like everyone's mm -hmm. cheap, right? So even if you sure. have a big list, it's hard. I mean, you can drive people to certain pieces sure. of content, but the conversion is tough because everybody wants to save money. Right. Like so, they're not going to buy courses all the time. They're not like, they right. aren't those people. And so finding a you, different way that they would be valuable. Have you done the old standard uh, hey, what do you have questions about? What can I help oh, yeah. you with? Mm -hmm. And what, what do you come up with with those? A very little, very little participation in that. Okay. Um, like sometimes we'll get like really genuinely sweet notes from people to our like info address where you're just like, oh, <laughs> like, they're like, I love the site, like, which makes me feel like they think it's run by a real person, which is what I want it to feel like. Yeah. You, know, you are they, you're a real person. I am a real, well, I'm, you know, 60% real, 30% yeah. robot, and the rest is debatable. But I don't get a lot of, like, feedback from actual emails. Okay. So I thought about, like, I could obviously sell email content to other brands, right? Like, a brand could sponsor it. But then you end up with a bunch of, like, sponsored emails, and I don't know if people want that either. Comment below. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what it do depends. You do with, what do you do with these people? I think it depends. I mean, I think, you know, it's something to test. And the thing is, like, if the people aren't going to make a purchase, then it's hard to do the ROI. However, right. some big companies just have, like, marketing budget run ads for, sure. for yeah. you know, it's still kind of an old school mm -hmm. type of um, brand awareness thing where they're like, right. okay, we'll just sponsor this thing. The other thing that could be interesting to test out is 
not going to be like a direct moneymaker, but Mm -hmm. you could promote social media uh, profiles or Mm -hmm. YouTubers and say, hey, like we don't have to like pay any money. I just want Mm -hmm. to cross promote and hey, can you give me a shout out on blah and I'll give Mm -hmm. you a shout out on the email list. Mm -hmm. I have this many people that open rates this. Why don't we test it out? And I've heard this for like podcasting and email lists in like the marketing spaces and uh, some conferences that I went to. This is what they were looking at where Mm. podcasts are, they'll actually like, even if this shows or platforms are different sizes, they'll provide a corresponding amount of promotion. So if... Mm. If uh, one email list is 70,000 and the other is 10,000, they'll just promote it to 10,000 of their 70,000. So it's, it's, uh, it corresponds. So no one's like feeling like they're getting taken advantage of or anything. But that said, it, you know, could build your brand. It could bring more people into your ecosystem, which, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you do get ad revenue, right? If you Mm -hmm. send people to a specific post Mm -hmm. and like that could be valuable. So it wouldn't be direct but you could just build the brand, sure. potentially build your email list. And at some point, if you ever did want to sell the site, it's like, oh, we have an email list of like 40,000 exactly. people. Like that's kind of, that's what I feel it's good for at the moment, uh, which is not invaluable. It's just, you know, the other thing I thought was maybe I should test a different lead magnet this year and try yes. to get some different types of people. I feel a little bit cautious about doing that because it's always gone so well, (laughs) you know, like I love getting like 350 people a month. Like that's a lot. Yeah. With one lead magnet that's been up there for four years. Well, the other thing is since it's been up there for a while, I mean, new people show up on the site all the time, but like, Mm it's probably a good idea to just constantly be test as I don't do that myself. But mm-hmm. um, when I put up a new, I recently created a new lead magnet situation and it's doing well because mm-hmm. it's new and it's fresh and like, sure. I'm better at what I do now than what I was doing mm-hmm. before. Um, but y- your issue is like, you have the wrong kind of people on the mm-hmm. list that don't spend money. So one other thing you might be able to test, uh, because you do have relationships with some brands, you could Mm say, Hey, I have an email list. Can you give us like a 5% off or 10% off coupon? Mm -hmm. Like, let's just test it. Um, maybe you're already part of their affiliate program and you can get Mm -hmm. some of the back end. but then, you know, it's, they're not paying you. They only have to, they only pay out if they earn money. Yep. And you, it gives you a chance to test and it kind of plays into their, um, their desire to not spend money. They're like, Oh, at least sure. I'm saving money. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and we know the margins on some of that stuff, there's room for them to play with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of, I'm just thinking of like different companies that I buy stuff from, like you hop on their site, you know, pop up for right away. 20% right off. Away. Like they just want you in. Yeah. And yeah, yeah so th- those two things I would, I would test out and it would, okay. you know, it's not going to be something you have to, you're not signing up for it like every week or every month. It's just like, Hey, I want to test this out. You could email right. a couple people you have good relationships with and just yep. see if you could get it going. Okay. You know, it might be interesting for that, like coupon book idea that we had to oh, and yeah. use that as the lead magnet. See where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Can you Mm -hmm. outline that, what you're thinking, so people follow along? Well, I don't have all the details, but um, for some reason, I got on this mental trail about how we used to, like, sell candy for school and then, like, sell these little, like, coupon books for school for fundraisers. And it would be, like, 20 different local businesses, you know, and it would just be, like, you'd go door to door and you'd sell this crap. But um, I was like, can't I do a virtual one? for different brands in my niche, it doesn't cost them anything, but maybe that would be something that people would purchase from me. They would purchase a coupon book and then they would get money off of like 20, 30 brands, you know? So maybe that would be an interesting lead magnet or even an interesting thing to sell my list of 7,000 people who hate spending money. Yeah. So, 
And I, I wrote it down for myself. I think that's probably that's know, an interesting idea it. for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would. I um, haven't seen anyone do it. So. No, it's like an old. Yeah, it's just like right? an old school idea. Because yeah. like, we know it because too. we sold the candy and we sold the books. But yeah. Okay. People don't do that anymore. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right. Well, we are coming up towards the end here. And, um, you know, you talked a little bit about planning for, for next year. I want to know what you do, like, sort of at the end of the year. Like, do you do, like, a recap? Like, I mean, I guess we're doing it every month. But do you personally mm-hmm. do, like, a recap? And then how you start planning for the next year? Yep. So uh, currently my strategy is to have an open tab on my browser with a uh, skeleton plan until I get back to it. That's what I'm going with currently. But yeah, typically I like to have like three or four focus areas for the year that helps just kind of keep me focused and say yes and no to different things being like, does it support one of the pillars that I'm trying to do this year? So I'll be doing that um, by the time we chat next, which will probably be, we're going to go to quarterly, I think. So probably be in April. Um, but I'll have like that plan we can discuss. We can talk about how it's going, but generally yeah, I like to have like probably three pillars of like real focus areas and then a bunch of other, you know, maybe five to seven like smaller projects that I would like to get done. So that's just kind of where I am at the end of every year. But I always like, I have my monthly tracking data that I do all the time. So like, I don't have to do that at the end of the year. I always have it. Got it. I don't spend a lot of time. Okay. That's very, very insightful. Do you think like the way that you, the way that you plan at the beginning of the year, how much does that like guide you? And the thing is like this past year, right? Mm-hmm. You had pretty big ambition and then you somewhere along the way you were like, this is too much for doesn't me. doesn't work so, for my lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of a vague question, but just curious mm-hmm. on your thoughts. I think you see what I'm getting at. Yeah. I would definitely be more conservative this year in the goals I'm not being conservative in the money I plan to spend. So like I've already put aside, oh gosh, what was it? Like $35,000, $40,000 probably for this year, which I just chucked in a bucket from last year and just said like, this is what I'm willing to throw in the site. So I'm not conservative in that sense, I don't feel like, but I am conservative in the things that are going to take like lots of my manual time. I don't really love doing that but I do have an awesome content manager. Like I have a team so I can get a lot more done this year than I could have last year when I was building all that. So this year I'd say like goals might be a little lower, but the process should be way easier and I should have more headspace to come up with some new ideas. That's kind of where I'm hoping it lands. How much time do you want to spend like per week or per month this coming year? I mean, I'd like to make $12,000 without spending any time. (laughs) you know, that would be fine. Be good with it. Uh, Realistically, I spend a little bit of time every day on it, you know, and then come probably Fridays usually will be my catch up on publishing day. So I spend more time on Fridays, but yeah, otherwise just like an hour here and there is kind of what I do. Okay. So probably like six, seven hours per week. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Unless like something's on fire or working on a project or I got behind on publishing and then it's, you know, a weekend. Okay. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, a couple, couple things. Um, People can check out the blog post where there's a lot more detail. There's charts and graphs and your, your narrative Mm -hmm. that walks through the month. And the other thing is right now the course multi-profit site is open. It's the latest iteration of the same course that you took, Christy. Yeah. And just any, any feedback for me on the course? Uh, like, can you tell people about it? Was it helpful? Yeah. I mean, literally, I would not have a site without it, period. So um, I wouldn't have been able to start it without it. It was super good about walking you through like 
it, it wasn't fluffy. It wasn't like you can do it. You know, like that's not our vibe anyway, but it was more like, here's literally the steps to do it. Here's how to pick a niche. Here's how to set up your site. Here's how to do the SEO research. Like that's what I needed. Cause I started from scratch and knew nothing. So I like picked a course, picked you went all the way down the rabbit hole and just like followed it to the end. And I feel like the numbers speak for themselves on that, you know, like first month, 14 bucks, four years later, $12,000 in one month. Like it's a real thing. It's a real machine. You know, it, it pays for my life. So that's pretty cool. I would, I would do it again. That's for sure. No cool. regrets yeah. on my part. And you, yeah, I was going to say you definitely got your ROI yeah, I did. on that yeah, one. No, I, so. I need it out of you, Dad, for sure. And I think, you know, looking back, we, we could actually like calculate it, but I think like you, you got a positive return within like six or seven months or so. Oh, I was happy at 14 bucks. Yeah. I was like, yeah. my gosh, Doug, it's working. It is working. Yeah. Traffic was coming to your site. Yeah. I mean, I was thrilled. And it's a small, obscure niche. I mean, I, I know yeah. when we talked about it, I was like, I don't know. Like I I've know. never seen one in I that know. area. I don't know any of the products or anything yeah. like that, but you know, it, it works out fine. And like, you know, seeing you do this and then a few other people in, you know, similar size, mm-hmm. similar obscurity, like it made me pretty confident that almost any niche mm-hmm. with some market, some audience, yep. like you can make 10K per month. Like I yep. I haven't seen one where you're like, you can't work it out. If people are in one and they haven't hit it, it's because I'm 99% sure like you haven't hit anywhere close to your potential. So yeah, I mean, it takes time, right? This wasn't a quick thing. This took as long as I went to college to get to this point. So <laughs> that's, you know, a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's okay. Like, I think, like you said, it's important to pick a niche that you genuinely like, right? Because there's going to be a lot of times that suck. And if you don't like the topic and you don't like what you're talking about, why would you continue? Then it's just a job again, you know? So like for me, it was more important to pick something that I was interested in than something that would guarantee me 10K a month in year two. Right. You know, like I still need to be here in year four. I still need to be here in year 10. Like no one else is paying for me. So I got to do this and I need something that I, you know, am still interested in. So the course multi-profit site is open until January 27th, 2023. And if you're listening to this sometime in the future, you can still follow the same link. You may be on the wait list. Shoot me an email, doug at nichesiteproject.com if you have questions. And the the one other thing to piggyback on top of what you just mentioned, I'm listening to... Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear right now, mm. which popular book, I've skipped it, even though it's been recommended because I, it generally combines like five or six books that I've already read sure. and, I, and I'm like, I'm over the habit stuff right now. Yeah. Um, but it, it is a good book. One section that is uh, unique that he mentioned, I just listened to it earlier today. He was talking to like a strength and bodybuilding uh, coach for like, you know, an elite team or something like that. And the coach said all the normal stuff, you know, people have to, Mm -hmm. you know, get in, do the work, blah, blah, blah. But it's the people who can work through the boredom and do the repetition (laughs) and do the reps. Mm -hmm. And that is where like being familiar Mm -hmm. or interested in your niche comes in because it will be boring. And, you know, the the point with the strength trainer is like you have to go in every day or multiple times a day and like do squats, like at the Mm -hmm. same weight for a long time. And like, it's just a lot of the time is stagnant or it feels that way. Right, like you have to love the game. Otherwise, like you're not gonna go do all that crap all the time. Yeah. So it's the people that can like work mm-hmm. through like while they're bored yeah, through it. And uh, I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. And the thing is yep. like, we're not specifically bored. We actually like the thing that we're doing. Right. Sometimes but we don't like every part of the thing. Right. You know, that's, it's still a job. Yeah. And there's, um, yeah, there's challenging points and there's yeah. like external forces and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you kind of have to be able to work through mm-hmm. like the boredom. So, but okay. we, you know, we're learners. We like learning. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that keeps us going. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, we'll check in again with you in a couple months. So we're, we're going to quarterly updates. I'll put a link for multi-profit site to your blog post. Other things that we mentioned here, like the uh, AI resources that I have as well. So if you want to check that out, all those links will be in the description and show notes. So thanks, Christy. Really appreciate it. Cool. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.